Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. It's time for another installment of Alcohol Disasters, and I don't know how many of these we can do. Usually our episodes don't come with a death count quite this high, but we're going to look at three different disasters today and hopefully learn how to not die. Uh, Look, it might get depressing. You might want to have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Hey, hey, hey guys. <coughs> How's everybody doing? Swell. Existing. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I, I'll spearhead this. Um, oh, no. Because, I don't know, I had the ass-numbing adventure of driving to New Holland, Michigan, I'm, and back. I'm sorry, I... Almost non Sorry I couldn't make that trip with you. I initially had planned to, and stuff came up. Nearly 13 hours consecutive in the car. I would die. Like, I can't even be in the car, like, two hours anymore. <laughs> to be like, said, I have back pain, um, <laughs> and being in the car that long, no bueno. No Meanwhile, bueno. Emmett and I went swimming. <laughs> <laughs> See, when he said, uh, uh, when he said ass-numbing... And playing Mario When he said Park. ass-numbing, I thought... Something had happened with Emmett. I was like, what did the child do? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, went up to pick up my Day of the Dragon stuff, and it was, you're like, oh, it's an event at the thing. No, it's literally like, it was not a, an event, even though at the end they're handing flyers, like, oh, visit one of the brew pubs in the area. Uh, like, you're just they're like, come out to our distribution warehouse and drive through. <laughs> Just stay in the car, tell us your order number, we'll put it in your trunk, and then you leave. What's up, Bob Zelly? Yeah, I'm fine with that. <laughs> the less human interaction, the better. That's a, I've, that's what I've always said. <laughs> but yeah, I wish I'd had the time to uh, hit one of the brew pubs or something, but uh, they were I literally no other reason to hang around town, so I'm there immediately when they start to pick up my order, and it's like, well, the brew pubs don't open until like noon. I'm like, well, it's nine a.m. I'm not hanging around this town where there's nothing for three hours. So it's like that's three hours I can put between me and this mm-hmm. town and get headed back home. Yeah. Sounds like a blast. But I did stop, yeah. did stop, and uh, meet with our good friend Smoke uh, down. At Green, is it Green Bush? Green Brush Brewing? I can't remember. Uh, down in southern Michigan. And uh, had, as he stated, 
above average food and average beer. <laughs> and it was like, no, no, it delivered exactly that well. The food was, I had like two pounds of meat. I mean, because so. <laughs> I was like, give me the barbecue sampler oh. platter with three yeah. meats. And I didn't realize how much meat was coming. And literally the guy came out and said, like, when they were bringing the order, I goes, who had the meat? <laughs> <laughs> All of the meat. It's me, I guess. <laughs> He came up to you like at the end of Boogie Nights and he just <laughs> dropped it on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happened with a cold side of cheddar grits. Oh. Which, <laughs> huh. the, the, no, they were cold. I mean, and at first, like we were both like, is that just how, how they eat them here? We're used to southern grits. Yeah. Like, they, did the northerners eat them cold? I mean, fine, whatever. No, it's cold in the north. No, they just didn't turn the burner on for the pot where the grits were to be heated up. And so it was just a giant pot of cold grits. Fine. I'd still eat it. And then upon request, she said, well, we don't have a microwave, so it would literally be like a half an hour to get you hot ones. Like, so do you just want a different side? (laughs) But other than that, uh, great experience. Indiana's weird. Um (laughs) Oh, I also got <laughs> lost. Got lost in trying to leave that brewery, and uh, Google's like, "I'm going to take you through weird, like Michigan farmland," <laughs> and it's like directing me on dirt roads across some farm. That's perfectly okay. And I'm like, I have no idea where. I was just like, I don't know where I am. What's going on? I'm in a Prius driving through a field. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> in a Prius driving through a field. It's fine. I'll get out of here before I run out of gas. <laughs> yeah. If I keep it under 25 miles an hour, I'm not using gas. So, remember coming back from well that day it was hot. that day was hot as balls. So yeah, it was because the battery is like I can't I can't handle your need for AC. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because I remember the driving back from uh, Asheville and we were just like we can almost make it. We if we had pushed, we might have if we had if we had rationed better, we might have rolled into Pikeville on fumes. on fumes, <laughs> but. but uh, uh, yeah. Um, should have just taken the uh, the ferry on up a little bit and went over to Wisconsin. <laughs> See, I I had waited return trips with my timing, and I, I didn't want to be spending the night. Like yeah. I just I didn't want a hotel room involved. Just wanted to be up and back because I tried to plan a stopover in Chicago, and then when I was gonna be meeting up with Smoke, I was like, you know what? That's three hours I can shave off because I was like, he'll be bringing me beer from Chicago anyways. So there's no point in me stopping. Yeah. Don't want to go to Sheboygan. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I, uh, it's a big hit up in Sheboygan. I had a fun, uh, fun realization, uh, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, my, uh, my boss has recently, uh, uh, recently left the company and gone somewhere else and we were looking at the schedule and Friday night last week I was going to bed and then I had a sudden thought and I checked I checked something on the schedule and I went hmm that's that's odd and so I uh, the next morning I called our uh, the the manager above where my, my branch, uh, where my previous manager was. And I said, we, uh, we did, we are not for whatever reason, celebrating Memorial day a week early, are we? And they're like, 
no. Okay, well then I'm remaking the schedule, and I'll uh, I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, because uh, there's suddenly no one scheduled for a Monday. No, well, suddenly, suddenly a random Monday. <laughs> suddenly a random Monday. Everyone left at two, <laughs> and I went, hmm. Yeah, we're gonna have to have to make some some changes, and so some phone calls were made, and it got sorted out. But it was just a a sudden. Oh. Okay. <laughs> One of those things that yeah you find out so late in the day you have to kind of like it's because like literally just before bed I had to get up, just walk around for a few minutes and go like okay I need plan A B C and D. Okay, now that I've got those, I might be able to get some sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get that that stress awakeness yeah and having to plan through it <clears throat> but it was a. Uh... I i don't i sleep i'm i am the dead i'm when i'm in that bed until the alarm goes off unless the child decides to yell out for random reasons but yeah must be nice to not have anxiety Oh no, I have it. It's just during waking yeah, hours. It's, I'm so tired. By the time I like, I fell asleep trying to watch uh, YouTube videos on my phone. I was like, I'm gonna watch this video real quick before I go to. <laughs> that was again when we were um, going through the interviews uh, when we had to start therapy with Emmett, and they were like, "What things keep you up at night?" And I said, I just chuckled and I was like, "Nothing." Right. I was like, I'm so exhausted by the time I make it to the bed. It doesn't matter what's on my mind. My mind just shuts the F down. It's that just would, like 404. It's like, you're done. We, uh, but yeah, the, uh, I will say like, it's been, been a hectic, uh, hectic week. And, uh, as, uh, <laughs> as I said in the discord, uh, earlier today, I miss beer. Been so I've been been busy with a lot of stuff going on, and I've had to get up early uh, a couple of times earlier than normal uh, a bunch of lately, and so I have not had the time to like I can't like yeah it's fine just drink some you'll you'll be okay and no you got to wake up early and I don't need <laughs> I don't need the I don't need to run the risk yeah. of a mild hangover while I'm trying to do something else like yeah nobody needs to feel like that if, I've if I've been dealing it. with that about being sick I didn't I don't know if I'd been sick or if it'd been allergies for like the last 2 weeks mm. and then I've just been so exhausted and busy and just like hadn't really drank since our last episode until like last night and it's just like this pile up of beer and things are off the rails and I don't know not often you hear someone say man I've got to start drinking <laughs> I mean, I, Only yeah, I was going to say, amongst us. <laughs> we'll take it. How <clears throat> have you been, Casey? How, how, how are the twins? Twins are doing good. Um, Rembox just, they were away in Michigan with uh, Ashley for, I don't know, a week, a little bit less than a week. So I got Tom alone at the house. It was wonderful. <laughs> I was going to say, you're just... <clears throat> okay. Cause, cause I immediately pictured this. The Tom cruising it. Or, yeah, were you, yeah. Were you, were you a dirty, were you a uh, uh, risky businessing it? Just <laughs> yeah, all the way through. No, no, no. I want him to be dirty dancing it. Let's. <laughs> he was Patrick Swayze in that bad boy. God. <laughs> no, he was doing both parts. So he tried to run and jump into his own arms and <laughs> tried to lift himself up, and then realized he wasn't underneath him, and he just fell to the ground. 
It took a minute, though. It was very cartoony. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, You have to realize they're not there. But no, so uh, she was gone. It was enjoyable. They're back. But it's enjoyable it for other reasons. Yes. Uh, I missed them, so it was, it was good that they came back. They brought back meats from my favorite grocery store. Oh. Second favorite. Uh, it's up there in the top. So not Jungle Gems. <laughs> Uh, but uh, there's another one in Michigan Fact. I like, and so uh, they brought back like house-made bacon, pepper bacon, Cajun oh. bacon. Unrelated. Someone, someone like was talking like, oh yeah, uh, what's what's uh, Trader Joe's is the best. And I just went, no, it is not. You I'm want, still you dying want... to go to Trader Joe's. There's there's one like 20 minutes from us, and I'm like, Ugh. you want the international market that illegally sells. <laughs> Uh, international goods whereas and they just send someone it's it's pretty widely known that jungle gyms just sends people to some countries <laughs> buys stuff not for resale and brings it back and puts it oh, for resale. yeah i'm okay with that but what are they gonna do come over here and stop us yeah <laughs> totally cool with that. so it's like you can you can get a whole bunch of stuff that you shouldn't be able to get mm-hmm. on the shelves at jungle gyms but the store is amazing. Like I would, there's nothing you can really knock them for, <laughs> and it's great because you can just see Jim like riding around on a Segway dressed as a stormtrooper on a random Thursday because he wants to. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got a new beer coming up um, this weekend. Coming, we'll be brewing a. It's a saison, but it's made cool. with. Um, I'll be using a flavor. It's the first time I've had to actually put in a TTB formula approval because it's a flavored malt beverage and not just like a fruit that's been added. And so um, it's honeysuckle and you really can't get enough honeysuckle to, to do that. You got to use an extract for it. So this weekend uh, you say, yeah. Um, So (laughs) I won't necessarily be doing the brewing though. Um, We're doing it for, I, I just, I don't need to be involved in that process. Yeah. You can come by, hang out. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, I just need to know what it tastes like. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you're more than welcome to come try that too. Uh, with a Saison, like the yeast adds so much character. So we wouldn't know for another two weeks anyways, but yeah, uh, this beer is going to be brewed by the ladies in the brewery. And, um, and so we're going to be, they, they came to me and said they wanted to do, um, something for a an event that was happening in Pikeville. It's a uh, mountain, the Mountain Girl Experience. Um, it's an all day tribute to women in, in the mountains. And so um, I said, yes, we can do it, but I'm not doing it. You are. And so uh, <laughs> they that way they could you know come up with the recipe. They're going to brew it. Everything. I'll be there to help out or whatever. But it's going to be their their work that goes into it. So um, it'll be fun. That's cool. <sighs> Yeah, that's great. Brittany, um, I saw the thing you all got tagged with. Um, I think was it Ethereal that I saw post the thing, and you all got tagged with. It was something about the uh, it may have been Pink yeah. Society or something, but it, I think it had to do with yeah, that. yeah, because we'll be taking that beer up to um, we'll it'll be featured in the Pink Ooh. Boots tent at the Craft Bash in Louisville in this Louisville. year. Okay, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I saw Ethereal was pimping out about that event going on and. Uh, if you're interested in more of that, and this won't be the official. I was going to say, like, Brittany, I'm sure you may have something to talk about, but all I was thinking was like, man, that's a good segue. (laughs) 
It's a good segue, but uh, I, I'm I'm honestly. <laughs> well, if he just wants to segue, then we then, will. Then Casey, so, Casey I, I is showing a good that. example of uh, what some other breweries should be doing that you could hear about. What? Uh, yeah, uh, in, in the last couple of weeks or last couple of years, uh, you you may have heard the stories decades. about. Uh, yeah, racism, sexism, a lot of isms taking place in the craft beer community, uh, and these things have just always been kind of brushed under the rug. And uh, we kind of finally, I don't know, for a while we we've known it and we've talked about it personally. And it's like, what do you do with these situations? And it's like, how do we do anything about this other than not being racist, sexist, objectifying POSs? When we're out, and it's like, well, we, we have a platform. You're you're here listening. We can say, hey, don't do that. It's not not cool. You're making other people in the spaces very uncomfortable. But uh, we we decided to finally cover it. We found a nice a nice Short-ish. little short write up. <laughs> but yeah, because we don't we don't do our own write ups for the news show. Uh, we pull everyone else's and then tell you where it came from. Filter it through our drunken lens. Yeah. And so finding one that kind of just gave the, the broad strokes of what's going on was kind of rough because they're all like massive. It would take us two hours to read the whole story. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we we even kind of were saying it's like, yeah, how, how could someone kind of improve these things? And literally Casey just describes, yeah, what if we did this? Yeah. Like, yeah, because Casey's not a piece of sh- <laughs> Well, I am, but <laughs> for not other most, <laughs> not, not in this instant. Uh, it's like, in other things, but not not this. Uh, no, I like that, where you're like, sure, you're going to do it because you're going to take ownership for this. Like, place, he's like, I want you to, no, oh, yeah. to come in and do that. It's If they want to do it, then it's their their cause i mean yeah we're going to help and put resources behind it but ultimately the whole idea of the pink boots society is to kind of um give access to or the ability to kind of do it yourself um the education behind it and so that's kind of what we we want to promote yeah um also in the in the news we had some uh some stuff that was a little less depressing, like uh, Trappists, uh, <laughs> Trappist uh, uh, monks beating out uh, uh, old uh, old quarry, old Belgian quarry money for uh, water rights. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you'll have to go listen to the whole story, but the quarry may have the yeah that company may have come up with their own strategy and just waiting the monks out. And. Uh, uh, and dogs helping with, uh, contam- like it contaminated, I guess is the better checking scotch. scotch checking Do- barrels to be used for dog scotch. scotch inspectors. That's that's the easiest way to say it. Mm. Not the most accurate, but it's the easiest way to say it. Uh, All that and more have on Have a Dream News. Yeah. <laughs> you can find that at its own feed. Same name, just with news at the end of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, I think it's about everything for now. I think it's time we get into the topic. Yeah, welcome to 
alcohol disasters too. Electric Boogaloo. All twos are electric boogaloo. It's a rule. I mean, if we get to a third one somewhere down the line, it'll be with a vengeance or a disaster harder. Uh, but, <laughs> but right now, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where we go from these, because these are super depressing. Uh, we got three stories. First up, we're going to do the most recent one. Well, hold up. Oh. I just thought of something like halfway after you segued on. Um, in a trilogy, the second one's always the most depressing. Yeah, true. I mean, the first you've one, got... The first one had a lot of deaths, too, though. <laughs> yeah, but so, I mean, like... Although this one, I think, does have more... I think, I think, uh, I think we have a higher body count in this one than the first one. The first one also just involved, like, a whole warehouse of wine being the destroyed, first one or warehouse allegedly having wine in it the being first destroyed. one also had well, a wake where everyone was killed in a beer flood at the wake yes and also in which where people died of alcohol poisoning from rushing to the gutters and then you had trying to get people the... who actually just drowned in the mm. wave I don't know. We we got to compare some uh, body counts. I, I mean, well, we uh, lost Alderan <laughs> in in the first, and then things get dark in the second. Yeah. Look, we we don't even know anyone from Alderaan, <laughs> except Jimmy Smits. Who you know? Granted, he's got a name, but his name is Jimmy Smits. <laughs> I know exactly his name, but we're not getting into a Star Wars discussion right now. <laughs> um, no, so uh, we have breaking news from 2011. Breaking uh, news from 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, no, this is coming from a BBC... Uh, most of this is coming from a BBC... Art, uh, a series of BBC articles kind of updating this. Uh, an industrial unit in Lincolnshire where five men were killed in an explosion uh, was being used to produce illegal oh. vodka. The police confirmed. <laughs> First of all... There's illegal vodka that was being made. It's being made in the UK. Um, so moonshiners aren't just in Kentucky. Uh, aren't just aren't in uh, the US. I guess uh, they at least refine making- their product. Yeah. I mean, do they? <laughs> if it's vodka. Well, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Just great the, liquor. The vodka. The vodka people are refining their stuff. Sorry. I'd say the, the illegal which one people are probably not really uh, refining it. Uh, but you know, I do now feel bad about making light of this because five Lithuanian men died. Uh, apparently they died for bringing in fumes during the fire at the industrial estate in Boston, Lincolnshire. During, uh, during the investigation at the time, it was discovered that the men were making counterfeit vodka to sell at a cheaper price. Um, as I said, the moonshiner mentality is not only an American thing, uh, there was one other member of the counterfeit group, uh, Raitis, uh sorry, probably shouldn't roll my R's on that, Raitis Grekas, uh, who survived the ex- uh, explosion with only, quote, extensive burns. Mr. Grekas said oh, no. they had all smoked inside the unit while working. He said he thought someone had lit a cigarette with a lighter before the blast. I wonder what could have caused anything to go wrong. 
uh, even because they died from from inhalation. He, depending on how how the alcohol, how strong you know they were making parts of it. If you lit you because when you ignite alcohol, it does not always show flame. That's yeah. half of what's so dangerous. Who knows when that fire started? <laughs> yeah. Uh, All the variables, really. So there, there's a lot that could have gone wrong with this. Um, also, if you had seen pictures of it, it, they say warehouse. It looks. If if when they say warehouse, you're thinking, oh, big facility. It looks like a warehouse where like they've sectioned it off and you rent this section of the warehouse. Hmm. Like, think more like a storage unit than... That's what I was picturing a little bit, yeah. Um, well, it had to be a really enclosed space for the, them to have died of inhalation. Eh. Well, the uh, deputy... Uh, I don't know what term that is. It's some, some part of the police in England... Guy Collins says uh, the existence of the enterprise illustrates that there is a market for counterfeit alcohol. It would urge the public to ensure that they only purchase from legitimate sources and check products to ensure they're genuine. Uh, Mark Keel, a divisional manager uh, for advice and information at Lincolnshire Trading Standards, said we have seized the counterfeit. We have seized counterfeit alcohol in the past, and it contains uh, substances such as chemicals used in the cleaning products that would certainly be harmful to people's health. So maybe not necessarily these guys, but people in the past are making this vodka with, you know, Drano and dish soap or whatever, you know. <laughs> they'll buy they'll buy taxed, tax, untaxed yeah. alcohol that has methanol in it. Right. And then try to redistill it to get the methanol out. Yeah. Which uh, Yeah. Which, leads to not good things. Yeah. Probably not good alcohol at the end of that. <laughs> this might be the lowest body count of our stories today. Um, so, and the people involved with it, you know, you kind of want to go, well, they're, it, it, it borders on that verge, uh, on, that, on that edge of uh, dumb criminal stories. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, this was a dumb thing to do. Yeah. But also, five people died. Yeah. Uh, so, it was like checking your gas can's depth with a lighter. <laughs> I don't know how deep this thing goes. Let's take a look. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they died from from initial reports said that they had died instantly. Later ones said they died from breathing in fumes during the fire, which makes me think, I don't think it was all that instant. <laughs> oh. I think there was yeah. some suffering. Yeah. Mm. So that's rough. Let's have a drink and move on to the next story. John Neal, hold on. John Neal from the uh, Daily Mail article, mm. uh, whose family owns a potato farm near Boston, said the illegal distilling of alcohol from potatoes is common in this area. All the Latvians have been coming around to the farm asking for 30 or 40 bags of potatoes. <laughs> They're all like, I ain't paying the, the, the duties on on vodka. I'll make my own. That's right. Uh, uh, all right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, cheer things up a bit. 
No. No. Uh, so the cheap side <laughs> street whiskey bonfire. Mm. Every yeah, I hear cheap side. And I just think of a bar in Lexington. <laughs> well, on the evening, I like of, man. They they got they caught fire. Oh, <laughs> on the evening of twenty eighth of March, nineteen sixty, a fire started in a bonded warehouse owned by Arbuckle Smith and Company in Cheapside Street, Anderston, Glasgow. Of course. <laughs> Did you did you think it was going to be anywhere else? The Glasgow Fire Service was initially alerted by a nine 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 call, which is what mm. we in North America know as nine one one. At seven fifteen p.m., from the foreman of the El Dorado Ice Cream Company, which was near the Whiskey Bond. He reported smoke coming from a second-floor window of the warehouse. In response, two pumps from the West Station with sub-officer James Calder in charge were sent, along with a turntable ladder from Central Station. Also responding initially was the fireboat. <laughs> was it St. Mungo? Yeah. And a salvage tender and crew from the Glasgow Salvage Corps. Because Saint, when Saint, someone says there's a bonded warehouse on fire, your initial thought is, well, we've got to get some salvage teams out there. St. Mungo, but I hear Mungo and I'm thinking of uh, Blazing Saddles. That's yeah. Mongo. Still. It's Mongo, right. But. Oddly enough, not the first time I've heard of uh, St. Mungo. So. The, uh, but yeah, uh, the the... Salvagemen uh, play a part in this as it goes on, but yeah, <laughs> you're in Scotland. A bonded whiskey place is on fire. This is the most important thing you can do: is save it. The first fire crews arrive at 7:21 p.m. After a quick reconnaissance, three more pumps were requested to attend. Crews were informed <laughs> by civilians that sm- <laughs> crews were informed by civilians. I don't mean to. That- le- Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't mean to laugh. I'm just thinking of like them rolling up in there, 721. They look around very quickly and go, we're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Promptly. We're going to need a bigger boat. Crews were informed by civilians that smoke and flame had been seen on the Warwick Street side of the building, and additional crews and equipment were sent to investigate. Assistant, <clears throat> Assistant Firemaster Swanson had now arrived on the scene and having been fully apprised of the situation, increased the number of pumps to eight. The message was sent at 749. So things have escalated rather quickly. Yeah. Ron Swanson looks around and says, no, you need more fire engines. Also. It's not Ron the, Swanson, but I'm just picturing All the bacon and now. eggs you have. Uh, seconds after it was transmitted, an explosion occurred. The warehouse contained over a million gallons of whiskey held in 21,000 wooden casks and 30,000 gallons of rum. As the temperature of the fire increased, some of these casks ruptured, causing a massive boiling liquid expanding vapor explosion, a blev. Oh, I was saying bleave in my head. Bleave? I don't know which is correct. Not sure. Right. Does it matter? Go ahead. 
that burst the front and rear walls of the building outwards, causing large quantities of masonry to collapse into the street. This is a big, you know, facility. An explosion so big that the front and back yeah. blew out. I've had that problem. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what is the believe or the blev? The B-L-E-V-E. is an explosion caused by the rupture of a vessel containing a pressurized liquid that oh. has reached temperatures above its boiling point. Because mm-hmm. the boiling point of a liquid rises with pressure, the contents of the pressurized vessel can remain liquid so long as the vessel is intact. If the vessel's integrity is compromised, the loss of pressure and dropping boiling point can cause the liquid to rapidly convert to gas and expand extremely rapidly. The gas is combustible as well, as is the case, e.g. with hydrocarbons and alcohols. Further damage can be caused by an ensuing fire. I feel like... It's not exactly, but I feel like it's a similar concept to like a dry ice bomb. <laughs> not exactly, so but it's just the, like the, the quickly changing from states... The the did we explain what blev like the, that's that's what that was yeah well, I mean like but the name itself oh yes. yeah, yeah yeah it was a brief sentence basically but okay boiling a liquid and expanding yeah. vapor explosion yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. gotcha yeah um I, I would probably akin it to something like putting um putting vodka in a pressure cooker and then having it near an open flame right right. <laughs> We do not suggest you do this at all. Please don't. Yeah. Yeah. Please no. don't. Uh, yes, because uh, this collapse instantly killed three firemen in Cheapside Street, as well as eleven firemen and five salvagemen, who were battling the blaze from the rear of the building in Warwick Street. By eight twelve p.m., Firemaster Chadwick assumed command and upgraded the incident to twenty pumps, which is <laughs> fire engines. Uh, at its peak, thirty pumps five turntable ladders, and various special vehicles attended. In all, 450 firefighters from the greater Glasgow area were involved in fighting the fire, which took a week to extinguish. <laughs> a week. So, a week of, con- of, of constant fire. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, 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 like but yeah. Jesus. Uh, witnesses reported seeing bright blue flames leaping 40 feet or 12 meters into the sky with the glow visible across the entire city. Neighboring buildings, including a tobacco warehouse, an ice cream factory, and the Harland and Wolf engine works were engulfed. The recovery of the bodies in Warwick Street was not completed until 10.20 a.m. on the 31st of March. The incident Which remains Britain's worst very close to. Uh, no, never mind. We're past. This is May, not March. But uh, it's it's Britain's worst peacetime fire services disaster. So, yeah, I so wanna... it started on the evening of the twenty eighth. That's what I was, try- I was trying to scroll up yeah. to say. Okay, so the evening of the twenty eighth, and this wasn't over until um, the recovery of the bodies wasn't completed until the thirty first. So I, I also want to point out, like they're they're mentioning, like they saw a bright blue flame forty feet in the yeah. sky. We I, I assume we've all seen the video of the the 
you know, the dumb drunk kid doing flaming shots and his face catches fire and he like breathes fire out. Imagine that. But 40 feet in the air. Yeah, it's super uplifting episode here. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Look, the next one one is probably a little less... Never mind, a lot of people die from this one. (laughs) There's no winning here. Um, uh, But Uh, it's something a little different as far as the uh, issue at hand. I, I will point out that I kept seeing this thing pop up in our in our research, and I kept exp- I was like, no, this has to do with like candy or something else. I because I I knew of the story, I didn't realize where it started. All the details, mm. yeah. So this is the Great Molasses Flood. This so- was actually the inspiration for this series of episodes. Because we started talking about this, and then it was like, well, there's got to be more things. And it was like, and sure enough. <laughs> well, is out. this in the, the Great Beer Flood of London? Yeah. Right, right, right. The UK has a hard time yeah. with these. <laughs> Y'all, the UK... some OSHA stuff going on. Right? Uh, okay, look, we could... We could have been here all day with the number of bourbon distilleries that have caught fire or collapsed. <laughs> we literally it's have... all basically that, the same. We have that whole list of the whiskey distilleries that were lost to fire yeah. or is this all the whiskey distilleries like historical that were lost and it's that what there's like five still in operation today that are like really old ones and it's like every, all the others like lost to fire lost to fire lost to yeah. fire lost to fire i've got it framed like in a closet somewhere there's very few that weren't lost to fire <laughs> it's fire and prohibition, prohibition. yeah, yeah. About two right. things ended a lot of distilleries. Yeah. <laughs> it's the two leading cause of uh, historical causes of uh, uh, distillery closures: <laughs> prohibition and fire. Uh. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, so the Great Molasses Flood. The disaster occurred at the Purity Distilling Company facility at 529 Commercial Street near uh, Keeney Square. Uh, molasses can be fermented to produce ethanol, the active ingredient in alcoholic beverages, and a key component in munitions. Purity <laughs> used the harborside commercial street tank to offload molasses from ships and store it for later transfer by pipeline to the Purity ethanol plant situated between Willow Street and Everettes Way in Cambridge. The molasses tank stood 50 feet tall and 90 feet in diameter and contained as much as 2.3 million U.S. gallons. It's a, it's a big tank. Yeah. Tank's, um, not, tank's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not uh, small. No, 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 no. On January 15th, 1919, the temperature had risen above 40 degrees Fahrenheit, 4 degrees Celsius, climbing rapidly from the frigid temperatures of the preceding days, and the previous day, a ship had delivered a fresh load of molasses which was warmed to reduce its viscosity for transfer. This may have been a bad idea. Yeah. Possibly due to thermal expansion of the older cold molasses inside, the tank burst open and collapsed at approximately 12.30 p.m. Witnesses reported that they felt the ground shake (laughs) and heard a roar as it collapsed, a long rumble similar to the passing of an elevated train. Others reported a tremendous crashing, a deep growling, a... 
quote, thunderclap-like bang, and a sound like a machine gun as the rivets shot out of the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> like, that's a, yeah. You hope no one got hit by a rivet. Oh, God, yeah. God, uh, I'm just like thinking of like just some some poor worker nearby is suddenly riveted to the wall as it's molasses. Yeah. Uh, or or the more cartoony thing where he's like standing like in this like mid run pose and there's a outline of rivets around him. <laughs> like I'd prefer somehow just missed him. Uh so molasses density is about one point four tons per cubic meter. Uh, 40% more dense than water. So it had a great deal of potential energy. The collapse translated this energy into a wave of molasses 25 feet high at a peak. Jesus. Moving at 35 miles per hour. The wave was of sufficient force to drive steel panels of the burst tank against the girders of the adjacent Boston Elevated Railways Atlantic Avenue structure and tip a streetcar momentarily off the L's tracks. Also, when I hear how tall that is and how fast it's moving, I'm just picturing, oh, from the depths, 30 stories high, (laughs) breathing sugar, it stands in the sky, molasses. (laughs) So you think about that, like it's frightening and it was a disaster. It really wasn't moving that fast like if you could if you had decent visibility you could get out of the way i don't know 35 mile an hour is pretty quick feel that fast if you're in a car but like 35 mile per hour winds not fun i I feel like you could this thing with decent visibility you could like if you could see it kind of coming down the street you'd be like oh okay and you could you could you could reach higher ground if you're on a bicycle you could theoretically get away from it on foot you're you're running fast if you're close (laughs) a bicycle yeah you could you could turn left and get out of the way hopefully um um, so steven puleo describes how nearby buildings were swept off their foundations and oh god several blocks were flooded to a depth of two to three feet puleo to quote a boston post report Molasses, waist deep, covered the street and swirled and bubbled about the wreckage. Here and uh, here and there struggled a form. Whether it was animal or human being was impossible to tell. Only oh, an oh. upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mass, showed where any life was. Horses died like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. See now, hey, my my comment Casey. I'm struggling to not say it makes me feel bad now, and I'm like, and to this day they have a problem with ants. <laughs> this is how you get ants. Uh, <laughs> this is indeed how you get ants. <laughs> Casey, I want you to remember our dorm room the year we had the fruit fly problem. <laughs> yes, when various things were left out too long. Like the pumpkin or the bag of potatoes. Yes. It's always a pumpkin. To which I was like, look, no one person was at fault here. (laughs) We Uh, couldn't find the potatoes, though. We couldn't find a lot of those things. They were just 
still there. We thought it was the pumpkin. We threw the pumpkin out, and they were still there. Look, again, there were a lot of things that contributed <laughs> to this. But imagine those fruit flies on the, the, the strips of <laughs> strips of flypaper. It's horses. Now imagine that every one of those fruit flies is a horse. Horse flies? Not horse flies. <laughs> a horse. If they were horse flies, everyone would be happy about it. So is there some industrial strength like horse paper that I'm not aware of? <laughs> they make horses into it. We... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. I was about to say like that's you, you, you. We put them up at equestrian games to uh, <laughs> to catch those people during like the the jumps. I, I hate it. Like it feels like we're being extremely insensitive. It's just how we're dealing with the, like the mass tragedy of this. Like you gotta yeah. Do, do you gotta so, do something? Uh, um. You're otherwise, really you're not gonna keep listening. <laughs> about them running away from the, um running away from it if they saw it i I found a photo (laughs) and it's of this building that was you know ripped off of its foundation yeah first of all like it rips a building off its foundation that's a big big wave right and and the the kicker is like I, i was picturing okay it moves the building forward a foot or two no it literally like picks this building up there's like the building edge of it is higher it's like leaning i don't know you've been and seen those wonder mansions right where the building's like upside down looks like yeah it kind of has that feeling to it where or like wicked witch of the west in it where like you could have gotten picked up and the building put on top of you situation like it is taller further off the ground than the firemen are like the foundation of the building has been ripped up yeah that's insane All right. The Boston Globe reported that people were picked up by a rush of air and hurled many feet. Other had others had debris hurled at them for the rush of sweet smelling air. A truck was picked up and hurled into Boston Harbor. After the initial waves, the molasses became viscous, exacerbated by the cold temperatures, trapping those caught in the wave but making it more difficult to rescue them. So that's, About 100- that's- that's the thing when we we because we all well, I don't know about all but most of us have heard of this thing and we think of it as a slow moving wave of molasses destroying a city. What instead is happening is a, at least initially, a massive like burst of this sugary substance and hot, hot, yeah. hot, hot sugary substance kind of like blasting into stuff. There's some of it's not necessarily as hot as others because they're no. mixing of stuff, but still. It's a quick thing, and then, then it be- starts to get like even thicker and slower. Yeah, it it <laughs> that's when the ants came. That's when you get ants. <laughs> that's when it becomes comical. Um, so about 150 people were injured, and 21 people and several horses were killed. Some were crushed and drowned by the molasses or the debris that it carried within, like a house. Um, the wounded people <laughs> included. The wounded included people, horses, and dogs. No cats. They were smart enough to get out of the way. Coughing fits became... Don't you lie to me. No cat is actually smart. (laughs) They could move quick enough. Don't listen to him. Uh, No, no. You put put those earphones on that cat. It needs to know. Uh, next time you come up, it'll murder you in your sleep. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> the wounds include the wounded included people, horses, and dogs. Coughing fits became one of the most common ailments after the initial blast. Edward Park wrote, 
of one child's experience in a 1983 article for the Smithsonian. It reads, Anthony DiStasio walked homeward with his sister from the Michelangelo school, was picked up by the wave and carried tumbling on its crest, although almost as though he were surfing. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> then Surf he grounded... Then he grounded, and the molasses rolled him like a petal as the wave diminished. He heard his mother calling his name and couldn't answer. His throat was so clogged with the smothering goo. He passed out and opened his eyes to find three of his four sisters staring at him. First to the scene were 116 cadets under the direction of Lieutenant Commander H.J. Copeland from the USS Nantucket, a trading ship of the Massachusetts. I can't say that word. Nautical school. Now the Massachusetts. The Mass Maritime Academy <clears throat> that was docked nearby at the playground pier. They ran several blocks towards the accident and entered into the deep, knee-deep sticky mess to pull out the survivors, while others worked to keep the curious from getting in the way of the rescuers. The Boston Police, Red Cross, Army, Navy personnel, uh, Army and Navy personnel soon arrived. Some nurses from the Red Cross divided, dived into the molasses, while others tended to the injured keeping them warm and feeding the exhausted workers. I, I think that's one of the things like, so it went in hot, but 40 cool. degrees Fahrenheit, you, uh, cool you're going to get quickly. hypothermia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but and then you're just stuck in like, not even like, you, you know, we, we joke like the, the, the idea, like the, like the, the, the tar pits out in California where they, Oh, you'll slowly burn. And then you'll be stuck in the think, think being stuck but you're it's now cold. Yeah. And you and and people are like having to try to like dig you out of this stuff. You you've suffered the hot like you you've been burned severely and now you're stuck in the cold. Like the even, cold mass. I don't even know if it I, I just feel like it's it's probably even coming out. It may have been around 40 degrees, 40 45 degrees something like that. Not like boiling cuz it did go in but the mass of the, what was already in there probably well, mm. out the the temperature was forty degrees outside on right. that day. Uh, the uh, they had warmed the uh, what the was initial going stuff in. that was going in. Uh, I'm trying to see if they had a a temperature on that, but uh, yeah, no, they don't, they don't say how hot. But I assume fairly warm. I don't know if necessarily it's enough to scald. Or it yeah, might have my, been, but the reason I say I feel like it was cold is because if they mention the fact that it was forty degrees Fahrenheit outside, just slightly above freezing, and they called that warm, then you know it would have. They're saying that that warmed it up to forty degrees. It, to me, that sounds like it would have been, you know, a colder. If they're saying forty degrees warmed it up, instead of saying forty degrees cooled it down, yeah. Um, many of the people worked through the night and injured were so numerous that doctors and surgeons slept in a makeshift hospital in a nearby building. Rescuers found it difficult to make their way through the syrup to help the victims, and four days elapsed before they stopped searching. Many of the dead were so glazed over in molasses that they were hard to recognize. Other uh, okay, victims... let's, let's really take apart the idea that the dead were glazed. Yeah. yeah. A... Layer of mm. sugar over what, the corpses that they are finding now. What? Which is I, a level of messed up my brain has trouble with. What I I kind of picture this is is I kind of go back to nine eleven when you had the debris and the dust cloud that you know everybody kind of looked just like ash covered, 
and uh, you couldn't tell who people were based on that. And so that's kind of the the picture in my mind that I'm getting, especially with the idea that these Red Cross and and, and doctors were just there helping people as they could in makeshift hospitals. Um, other victims were swept into Boston Harbor and were found three to four months after the disaster. Uh, in the wake of the accident, 119 residents bought, brought a class action lawsuit against the United States Industrial Alcohol Company, um, which had bought Purity Distilling in 1917. It was one of the first class action lawsuits filed in Massachusetts and considered a milestone in paving the way for modern corporate regulations. The company claimed that the tank had been blown up by anarchists (laughs) because some of the alcohol produced was used in making munitions. But a court-appointed auditor found the USIA responsible after a three-year hearing, and the company ultimately paid out about $62,000. Six hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollars in damages, adjusted to today's dollars, about nine point three seven million. Which I feel like is still practically on, nothing. Yeah, like slap on the wrist. Yeah, especially when you split that amongst the hundred nineteen people in that lawsuit. Well, they give you the next. That, that's in the next oh, sentence. Okay. <laughs> then. Relatives of those killed reportedly received around seven thousand dollars per victim, equivalent to about one hundred four thousand dollars in twenty twenty dollars. Um. But the rest of that went to the lawyers because that's really who makes money it's, in class action lawsuits. Yeah. I was um, going to say that I was like, like oh, life's uh, – they say life is cheap. About 104000 Yeah. Um, cleanup crews used salt water from a fireboat to wash away molasses and sand to absorb it. And the harbor was brown with molasses until summer. <clears throat> the cleanup in the immediate area took weeks with several hundred people contributing to the effort and it took longer to clean the rest of great Boston, of the greater Boston and its suburbs. Rescue workers, cleanup crews and sightseers had tracked molasses through the streets and spread it into the subway platforms <laughs> to the seats inside trains and streetcars. Everything is sticky. Oh. <laughs> Casey phone, he- telephone, headsets, homes, countless other places. Everything that a Bostonian touched was sticky, it said. Casey, it's your nightmare. It is. Okay. It is. Um, okay, so I did I did a quick accounting of the last episode's death count. The last episode, uh, uh, disaster episode's death count. It is a total of 22. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Which is one more than died in this disaster. Oh, okay. Not counting the other two. All right, so, so we have a higher body count. Yeah. But in the yeah. last episode, we still had the uh, there was a dead body included in in the count that wasn't that was from the incident, which which was included in the count I gave you. Okay. What was that? There was uh, they, the the wake. The, yeah, the oh, one that okay. the one that uh, well, the, there's one that died of alcohol poisoning yeah. after the Great London Beer Flood. From drinking too much after the, you're literally outside drinking it out of the gutters. Byog. Byog. Bring your own gutter. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't spell very well, so sometimes yeah, maybe some someone else out there was like me, and they need a little help. Hmm. All right. Uh, so that's that's about it for this episode. Um, it's uh lot it's gotta be covered I mean, it, though i mean it, yeah and also at least this one ended with everything being sticky which is at least kind of funny it's all sticky govern jam 
someone had to say. And, and there's your idiot answer for the episode, guys. I know you were wondering. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we held out for a good long while. Because mm. there's always an opportunity, really. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know when the next one of these would be. Uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of disasters, but a lot of them are kind of the same. Uh, <laughs> distillery, distillery burns down. Yeah, distillery catches fire. Mm-hmm. Distillery catches fire. Distillery catches fire. Uh, the only one that I thought was kind of interesting that was not distillery catches fire was uh, Boulder Ruins Vineyard, and that's Ooh. only pictures, which is not. Uh, it turns out uh, translate well to an audio podcast. Hmm. But that sucks too, though. Jeez. It does suck. Like it. Don't get me wrong. The pictures are are are, are amazing, and you're like, holy crap, this is awful. But also, it needs the Kim Burns effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bet you there's a Kim Burns documentary over some of this. Dearest Martha, mm-hmm. the boulder came rolling down last week. The vineyard has been ruined. Here in here in Italy, I don't know how we will continue on. <laughs> you may wonder why I'm speaking in a southern accent, but even Italy has a south. <laughs> oh, on the that mount- note. <laughs> the mountains aren't there, but be that as it may. <laughs> Alright, but let's let's move on. Drink with me, friend. Our beer did not make that sound. Uh, <laughs> no, it did not. I drink did not make that sound either. Huh. Uh, so we had, um, it's from last year. <laughs> it is uh, in the Ray Ray series from Listerman Brewing here in Cincinnati. And Ray Ray? Is, <laughs> Sorry, the, just wanted to say Ray. <laughs> <laughs> this is the PB Mega Stuffed, uh, I guess, variant, is what we can say. Um so this is an Imperial Stout, 16.8% ABV, uh, because Imperial Stout. Uh, it's mm. aged in bourbon barrels with peanut butter and mega stuffed cookies. It does. And uh, yeah, it, out of 163 ratings on Untapped, it's got a 4.3 out of 5. I'm like, okay, sure. Sounds uh, good. It is, it's very sweet, not super carbonated anymore. Very syrupy. Like the molasses talk was very real. <laughs> it's like a Listerman stout. Uh, if you ever had one, you've had all of them. They're just you know, syrupy, that's... adjunct heavy things. And that feels that feel that feels like it could be accurate. Yeah, yeah here's the uh, I do like the the art and and like I wanted to like the. The actual it's, thing more. You, you hold it up. Oh, so. yeah, it's, it's it's you have the, your blur your blurred yeah, background. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that, but uh, but yeah, it. I wanted to like it so much more. Like the description sounded great, and then it's. Uh, well, I mean, one, it's not fresh, but then two, it's just it's so. I don't know. It's, it's just syrup. sticky and so coating and. One or two sips, and you're like, yep, I really don't want more. It's just heavy. But we, we drank it, so there's that. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it's I've, I've definitely had worse, uh, but it, it, it did, did not meet my expectations based on the description. Based on what you had to go through to get the beer. Mm. 
as in you had to literally win a lottery for tickets to go to a tasting event to have the privilege to purchase. Yeah. I mean, that is a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking, Bob? Uh, well, I'm drinking uh, some... I was going to try to drink some whiskey to be to style, but then uh, uh, to style for a disaster episode, but like yeah. everything that burned was whiskey yeah. or rum. <laughs> Flaming uh, shots would be to style. That or my thought was uh, to just spill your drink. Uh, but I've been drinking uh, uh, some uh, sake tonight from uh, uh, surprise, surprise, avoid sake. Oh. Uh, the place where we interviewed people so yeah i mean if i'm close enough to get sake from them anytime i want well anytime they're open and i want (laughs) i will do it and that 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 qualifiers only because right now uh very soon but right now they are only open on sundays for uh for bottles Mm. very soon in the next month maybe Maybe more, depending on some things. Uh, they'll be open up for general, like just coming in and doing stuff. Uh, so, <laughs> like drinking. Like drinking. So I can just uh, come in and pl- just do do whatever. I do what I want. Um, you buy a drink, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but no, I've been drinking the uh, Opalescent from them. One of their, uh, n- uh, their Nagori. The, uh, it is among my top three of... <laughs> Out of the three bottles. Out of the three. <laughs> no, the Opalescent is actually, like, they're all very good. The Junmai, though, I can drink anytime. And if I, like, pop the top, I can just put something back on there and put it back in for, for the night or something if I'm not, yeah. you know, quite finished with it. The Opalescent re- and the Reanimator, which is their coffee one, uh, you got to kind of mix them a bit. Oh. And uh, so those I recommend drinking in one setting. It's only, like, uh, 13%. So... You can do it. They're so unique. Uh, they are. It's got a not. It's a weird mix of like. As we talked about it during the during the episode, the Junmai has like a kind of a fruity flavor. Yeah, I think still, you all picked up melon. Like, yeah, which is still kind of present in the opalescent, but it also has like a creamy mouthfeel. Oh yeah. Which is. Which like my brain is like this is strange. But delicious. So that drink is just a, a mind f. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's real great. I, I actually do really enjoy it. So uh, I've been actually this is my my last little little shot of it. So come by, come by. Uh, what about you, Casey? Uh, I, I what, am what hilarious uh, hilarious thing can you tell us about? Um, drinking a stall today. Um, I'm having Corona, Corona light, lighter national lager, 4%. Who knows the IBUs, but it's a small amount. Um, uh, minimal IBU is what is listed in our thing. And that, that got me to comment, at least in our doc. No, that's good. Well Um, done. Well played. It is for sure. Minimal. Um, there is a, a legal minimum. And I think this meets that, uh, (laughs) it may not, (laughs) Uh, Brewers Association 
uh, sorry, not Brewers Association, Beer Advocate, BA, uh, 48 out of 100. Uh, The reason it is... Brewers Association ratings? Uh, That would be be interesting. No, I know they wouldn't, but that would be fun to... Conflict of interest there. Yeah. (laughs) The reason it is to style is because Corona, of course, is no stranger to accidents and disasters. Casey, how Uh, much glass glass? did you... How much a glass yeah. did you ingest? Who knows at this point, um, but uh, but yeah, so they're they're definitely a disaster prone company. Not only in their their glass inclusion, but also in their buying habits of buying at the top of the market and selling at the low end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I look, I I laughed uh, like when in the span of of two years. Like I, I mean, we we joke about the glass thing in the span of like. It le- okay, over three years, two times had I had to be warned. We need to recall uh, the <laughs> the uh, corona uh, from this date because there could be glass in it. Like yep. within, within that, that that frame of time, you've got a problem. <laughs> you've got to well, stop. You've got to stop like shattering bottles near the bottling, like near the the, the you know filling line or whatever. Because you're like at that point, you're just, what are you doing? <laughs> I like the comment uh, someone had made on Twitter is like, they're like, I don't know who's in charge of uh, buying small craft breweries for uh, <laughs> Constellation, but like dudes on like a decades long cold streak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like sooner or later, that's gonna like <laughs> AB and Bev has done great buying yeah. buying um, Wicked Weed. Like Wicked Weed has gotten distribution lined out. They've gotten you know they've they increased make, sales. They make they make like as much as it pains me to say it from like the last couple time like last time I went down to Asheville or time before I guess I was like they make a quality product. I can't be mad at them for that, but. Uh, I can't be mad at them for selling out. Look, given the option, yeah, I'd sell out too. Sure, absolutely. I'd I'd fall I'd fall ass backwards into money. <laughs> I still want to know how much. I do too. But it was isn't it? It's the weird thing because they already had. It shouldn't have been a surprise that they sold out again because didn't they'd already made the founders of Wicked Weed made like a fortune from as seen on TV products. Oh. And then turned around, like in basically in their quotes retirement, started Wicked Weed. And they were then, definitely serial entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone here comes someone else that's so like, we'll give you another butt ton of money to just take your branding and everything off your hands. They're like, all right, <laughs> we're used to doing this. Yeah. No, they're, they, they definitely had a, uh, they definitely had a, not really a pattern. They had a goal from the very start of building a brand that would sell. Those were, yeah, those were entrepreneurs that, that want that, that timed everything. Well, they got in on the, the sour thing just before it became, you know, kind of the thing at the moment for, for craft beer. And then, uh, and then sold out at kind of just the right time. Mm-hmm. Or at least maybe just just a little bit after the right time. 
would say uh, peak right time because it was. Uh, I, peak right weed time was, is Ballast Point. Okay, <laughs> they made it good. Uh, but yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> we've been talking a lot, of, talking a lot of crap about Constellation uh, for for what we're drinking segment. Uh, I think yeah. we probably need to. <laughs> yeah, we need to wrap this up. Uh, well, uh, today's episode was uh, written mostly by Wikipedia. I'm not gonna lie. We uh, th- this was one that we needed to kind of like read, kind of what happened in you know as it uh, condensed and you know in, in as pure a form as we could, and then react to it. Not uh, not necessarily jazz it up because if we jazz it up. <laughs> It felt wrong. Yeah, <laughs> At that point, I'm just trying to make a fancy way to say they died. So if you uh, it up, it's springtime for Hitler. <laughs> Winter for Poland and France. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, we got the resources from uh, BBC.com for the uh, uh, Lithuanian deaths uh, and then Wikipedia for the uh, Scottish and uh, English deaths. Just <laughs> kind of how you have to break that one down, isn't it? Yeah. Subscribe and get some great resources at Have a Great Show. Oh, my goodness. Keep this up. <sighs> I was too busy sending you all memes. Um, subscribe <laughs> and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com and follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. Uh, you could you could tell us you have a drink, ask a question, leave some general feedback. You can email us at feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also leave some feedback page on the website. You could listen to the show and give us some some good feedback as uh, <laughs> as you're listening. Or, you know, just send us some memes. All joking fun aside, we'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly and stay, I don't know, don't don't do anything that led to these deaths. Don't don't be making illegal knockoff uh, vodka. Only you I feel can like stop that's alcohol fires. <laughs> don't, don't smoke know, while only, distilling. There's a good one. I was gonna say I don't think only you, but definitely a good advice is don't smoke while distilling. Generally, um, yes. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> Check us out in another couple of weeks for the next live episode. And remember to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow, and haveadrinkstore.com as another way to support the show. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye guys. Real uplifting. I just uplifted the house. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>